The following program is sponsored by Bell & Pollock PC. Welcome to Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. Attorneys Gary Bell and Brad Pollock are ready to work for you. Reach Gary, Brad, and their team at championsofthepeople.com or by calling 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. Good morning, Colorado. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? The Bell and Pollock Legal Show. It is the Champions of the People injury show a one-hour show to teach you and educate you and give you the information you need to beat and defeat the insurance company when you're been injured and you're an injured victim because they are trying to beat and defeat you they have their own strategies they have their own game plan you should have your own game plan that's one of the reasons we do all of these shows to teach you and educate you information is empowering you must know what you're doing you can't just guess you can't just hope you can't just wander through this insurance maze hoping to navigate it from point a to point b from the start to the finish successfully unless you know what to do unless you have a strategy the bell and pollock legal show our website championsofthepeople.com all of our books are there, free books. You can download an ebook free anytime, anywhere. Or if you want a hard copy, all you have to do is call our law firm at 303 795 5900. That's 795 5900. In the mountains, you can call us at 970 870 8989. Are you ready to go? Ready to fasten your seatbelt? You got to take notes today. We're going to get detailed. We're going to cover details today. we got new case law developments out of the Colorado Supreme Court. So let's set this in motion and let's set the framework for this. We we usually talk about motor vehicle accidents. That's what we do. We also do workers' comp cases. We've done shows on workers' comp. Sometimes you have a workers' comp on the job injury. At the same time, you have a car accident or a truck accident or a bike accident or a hit and run. When you're an injured victim, you need to know what we have to say here. Okay, so uh, we usually talk about the motor vehicle accidents. You've been injured. Maybe maybe you've been rear-ended. What happens? And so, Brad, I think we need to talk off, take off on this show and explain to everybody first, we're going to be talking about Colorado Supreme Court case law decisions that are very important, very critical, and very significant to you and your family if you've been injured. You have to know these case law decisions today. But... I think a lot of people don't understand or maybe don't understand all the finite details. You have district court, appellate court, Colorado Supreme Court, United States Supreme Court, uh, federal appellate courts, et cetera. Let's lay the, fr- the framework so we can get to these Colorado Supreme Court decisions. Sure. It's, um, it's, it's kind of an interesting path that a case can wander through, and how our, our judicial system is set up is kind of an interesting path also. Uh, we have statutes. And everybody has been familiar with the statute that's ever gotten a parking ticket, and that's usually an ordinance, as a matter of fact, or that's gotten a speeding ticket, which can be an ordinance or a statute. Um, you, you're familiar with that. And that's where our legislature comes together. Um, some, if it's a city, it'll be the, the city council comes together, and they put together the laws that um, are written down and codified. They're put into a code, and they become the statutes. And our legislature deals with statutes every single year, and every single year laws are either added, subtracted, or changed. Your, ne- your laws are never the same from year to year that are in the statutes. And, and that, that identifies a code of conduct that the government requires everybody to follow. Um, from that, though, we also have, or in addition to that, we also have what we have is case-made law. 
mean, case-made law is a code of conduct that governs the way we're supposed to act among each other, our civil way of acting with each other. Um, and it's a code of conduct that is established uh, by what reasonably prudent persons would do and how a reasonable person is supposed to live and what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to act. It also is case law that governs how we're going to handle contracts among businesses and between businesses. Um, those contracts or that, that case-made law is, is handled through our civil system and is through our civil courts. And in Colorado, you have actually, um, basically with respect to this, you have two sets of courts. You have the state courts and you have the federal courts. The state courts deal with state matters, state issues, and what the law would be in our state of Colorado. The federal courts deal with how we as citizens of the federal United States uh, have rights as, as citizens in the, in the United States. And so you'll have federal laws and you'll have state laws and you have federal courts and you have state courts. And that's the beginning part of it right there. You know, and why are we going through this? Why do we uh, go through this detail? Because we want you to understand and know and realize that when it gets to the Colorado Supreme Court, it's already been through a district court, maybe a trial, maybe a motions hearing, maybe a discovery hearing. But it's been through the district court, usually a trial, usually an outcome. Uh, and, and so when you have the common law, that's case-made law, court-made law, judge-made law, uh, they decide. When you have statutory law, as Brad just said, you have the statutes passed by the legislature. Usually the district court judge is trying to interpret those statutes. Uh, and then one side or the other says it was interpreted wrong or the statute didn't really mean that. And then it goes to the Colorado Court of Appeals. So you start with the district court, then you go to the Colorado Court of Appeals. Uh, everybody has an automatic right to appeal to the first level, the Colorado Court of Appeals. And then after that, you have to ask permission. It's called a writ of certiorari, permission for the Supreme Court of Colorado to hear issues. So. The point today is, when we get to these new case law developments for injured victims, right? Some of these insurance companies have thought they're so important, these principles are so important in their favor, so they don't have to spend money, so they don't have to uh, have uh, exposure to the injured victims. They take it to the Court of Appeals, they take it all the way to the Colorado Supreme Court, and after that, they might petition uh, permission by the United States Supreme Court to hear the issue out of the state of Colorado. Understand, the cases we're talking about today come from the Colorado Supreme Court. No, the insurance companies thought they were very important to beat you, the injured victim, to defeat your claim in one way or the other, to mitigate or reduce your claim in one way or the other. So that's the framework upon which we embark this journey today. So let's talk about the Fisher case. Brad, the first one we're going to talk about is Fisher. It's decided by the Supreme Court. It was already decided by the Court of Appeals, but decided by the Supreme Court on May 21st, 2018. What does that mean for injured victims? Well, the Fisher case is a glaring example of how you have to recognize that um, as an injured person, the insurance company, your own insurance company, whom you've been paying a premium to, with whom you purchased your insurance, with whom you have your underinsured and uninsured motorist coverage, with whom you probably have been with for years, how they really don't care about you and how they don't really want to pay you any money um, and how you must deal with them as understanding they are not your friends. Uh, the Fisher case is, is, a, is a, a, a landmark case because it stopped the insurance company from using and taking advantage of the vulnerability you have when you've been in a crash, when you've been in hurt in an injury or in an accident, when you have injuries, from taking advantage of you 
and keeping you from being able to proceed with what is really a, a, an appropriate uh, code of conduct and a way to act. Uh, it, the, the, you'll find as we go through these cases today that um, these cases uh, have gone through the Supreme Court. Now, one went to the federal district court and, and went over to the, to the state Supreme Court, but they've all gone to the state Supreme Court over trying to get insurance companies to deal with you fairly and honestly um, it, on their contract, the contract that you signed. You signed a contract with them, and they agreed to do certain things, and you find that uh, the that what you've had to do or what was had to do is insureds have had to go to the court to get the insurance companies to act fairly on the contract. The Fisher case is a prime example, and when we set the scenes on this, is uh, we set the scenes of where Fisher was hurt in a crash. Um, the person who hurt Fisher and was negligent, had not acted properly. That person did not have enough money to pay for Fisher's bills and for the injuries and damages and losses that Fisher had. Um, the insurance wasn't high enough. That person only had a $25,000 policy. But Fisher, through a series of policies, had well in excess of $25,000. Well, well in excess had actually hundreds of thousands of dollars of coverage. And Fisher, because he, um, he had a that kind of recovery or that kind of money uh, um, or coverage went to his own insurance company and said, pay me, pay me for my injuries and, and itemize what the injuries were, which by the way, the insurance company will make you do to begin with. Now, once you itemize it, they then go in, the insurance company will go in and beat the heck out of it and do everything it can to reduce the amount of money that you're going to get and claim that these aren't fair amounts. But Fisher went in with itemization saying, here's the different uh, damages I have, one of them being medical bills of over $61,000. And, you know, that's where the fight begins, and that's where the fight ended up being a landmark case. You know, the Fisher case, the medical bills were $61,125 and some change, right? Submitted it to the insurance company, right? Took over a year. Okay, so that's the statute. They cannot unreasonably delay or unreasonably deny, delay or deny your payment. So the, the medical bills were $61,125. Let's use that number. A year, one more time, one year after the accident, uh, State Farm offered to settle Fisher's UIN claim for $59,572. One year. Now, you know, Gary, what's important is to let them know uh, the listeners know that sixty-one thousand wasn't the total amount of Fisher's damages. He had more, right? And he had other other losses, and so the the, the gravamen uh, legal word, the essence of that Fisher case was the fact that uh, State Farm said we're not going to pay the uh, admitted. We admit we owe you fifty-nine thousand dollars in medical bills. We admit it. Okay, they're reasonable and necessary and caused by the accident. We know that they're there. We know we have to pay, but we're not going to pay you because we don't believe in your lost wage claim. Over here on the on the right hand side of the ledger, you have the you have the medical expense bill on the left hand side of the ledger. We agree with that, but we're not going to pay you. We're going to wait and we're going to leverage you and we're going to try to hold off and until we resolve the lost wages claim. Well, I don't care if you need money. Don't care if the medical bills are in collection. Don't care about that. But we're not going to pay you. So the Fisher case was a very significant decision by the Colorado Supreme Court that says as an injured victim, they cannot delay you. They cannot unreasonably deny payment to you. Those are your legal rights. The cases are very significant. If you've been injured, you can give us a call, 303-795-5900, Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. This is your legal minute. You know we're injury attorneys. We're here to help you, to teach you, to educate you. You're injured in a car crash. You're going to talk to the insurance adjuster for the very first time. Maybe the second time. They're going to say, well, we're going to send you out a few forms. You fill them out and send them back to us. Should you do that? No. Part of those forms are releases. You're releasing your medical records to the insurance company, and probably they're going to be able to republish them to any place they want to. Do you want that? Do you want your medical records going to an insurance database, a central insurance database, where hundreds of insurance companies can access your records because you signed their few forms? I don't think so. You're not going to sign their questionnaire. You're not going to sign their few forms. You're going to call Bell and Pollock. Championsofthepeople.com. We're there to help you. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Good morning. Fasten your seatbelt. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is an injury show for you. The Champions of the People Injury Show, our website, championsofthepeople.com. Our telephone number, 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. You can call us anytime, 24-7. We're there for you. If you've been in an accident, you need to act fast. You need advice. You need to meet with an attorney. You can give us a call anytime, 24-7. Today, we're talking about significant case law developments. That's the common law, the court-made decisions, and, and we're talking about Colorado Supreme Court decisions. So that is the law of the land in Colorado. Rarely do those cases get taken to the United States Supreme Court. They can try, but rarely. So we're living with the law of the land in Colorado with regard to the insurance companies. So let's put this further in perspective to you. Fisher case said, if you're an injured victim, and, and it can also apply to a bad roof if, if they don't pay for your roof on time, if they don't pay for your hail damage, if they don't pay for your water damage, if they don't pay for, for uh, ice damage. Okay, it can apply to a property claim, but we deal with it mostly in the insurance um, injury context. So if you've been injured and you have medical bills and you have med pay and you raise your med pay like we've told you to do many, many times. And so they're not paying you, but they admit, like in the Fisher case, the, the insurance company admitted that your bills were reasonable. They were fair. We agree. We, the insurance company, agree, but they won't pay. They delay and deny because they want to hold another part of your claim, another part of your injury and damages and losses against you until you capitulate and give in to the other part so that you can get the part that we agree we owe you. Are you are you're understanding this. The insurance company agrees, the medical bills are owed, but we're just not going to pay them. There was a statute in Colorado. It's called the, We call it the two-time statute. But the, the, there's a statute that says the insurance companies cannot unreasonably delay or deny payment to you. And if they come to a reasonable valuation or an agreement or in there internally, not with you, but internally, and they admit that a part of your claim is doing owing, then, Brad, they've got to pay the part of the claim. They can't use the other parts to leverage against you. Right. Now, now you stop and think about it. If you're, if you're listening to this radio show, driving around, or you're doing things and you're listening, you're going, well, wait a minute. This sounds like Fisher wasn't that hard to decide. Now, there's a statute out there that says you can't unreasonably delay or deny payment of money that you know you owe to the insured. Um, they knew they owe the sixty-one thousand to the insured. Fisher's underinsured motorist coverage was four hundred thousand dollars. So he, Fisher had been paying insurance premiums for four hundred thousand dollars of coverage. 
uh, what's the problem? Well, why wouldn't the insurance company just say, well, there it is. It's pretty simple. The statute says pay it. says if you know you pay it, pay it. And you knew you paid it. The insurance company admitted that the $61,000 was reasonable and necessary and related to the accident. And the insurance company still said no. As a matter of fact, remember what Gary said earlier before the break. The insurance company tried to, state. this is a State Farm Insurance Company, State Farm tried to settle the case, the entire case, for $59,000, ignoring Ignoring not only the fact that the that you had in sixty one thousand dollars in medical bills, but also ignoring the other injuries, damages, and losses that somebody sustains in a crash. And those injuries, damages, and losses include uh, lost income, uh, lost wages, uh, lo- loss of enjoyment of life, pain and suffering. Uh, the, 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 just the State Farm just ignored those. Offered less than what the medical bills were knowing that the medical bills were appropriate to be paid. And then when Fisher said, wait a minute, you should at least pay me the medical bills, get the medical bills done, Fisher's res- uh, the State Farm responded by saying, we have no obligation, no duty to pay you piecemeal. We're either going to pay you all at one time, uh, and that's the only time we're going to pay you, or you can go to court and you can force, and, and you can go through and through lawyers, and you can go through trial, and you go through all the problems because we're only going to pay you one time. Now, that's where the insurance company said, "Well, we don't have to do piecemeal. We don't have to do that kind of stuff." And they knew what they were doing. The insurance company knew that by refusing to pay the medical bills, the things that are pounding down on you when you're not getting. When, when, when you're hurt and you're and you're not getting income, you've got bill collectors saying they want to get paid and you've got your your accounts being turned over to collection and you're seeing your FICO score go spiraling down and you're seeing that you don't have a good credit re, re, report anymore and reports. And, and meanwhile, the insurance company is saying, well, you can solve all this if you just want to take the money we're giving you and they, in essence, hold hostage the other areas that they want to dispute. Let's take another example. Suppose you're hit, you're hit by a hit-and-run driver, right? We've covered that. And you can get a copy of our book at our website, championsofthepeople.com, on hit-and-run. We call them cowards of the street for a reason. They are cowards of the street. That's the name of our book, Cowards of the Street, Hit-and-Run. You can get it free at our website, championsofthepeople.com, or you can call our law firm at 303-795-5900, and we'll give you, send you a hard copy free of that book or any of our books. But let's take that example. You're hit by an uninsured motorist. Uh, it's an uninsured event when they hit and run. You can't find them. That's an uninsured event. You must have and better have the highest UM uninsured motorist limits you can buy for yourself, right? We preached that for years. But let's take that example so that you you present your injury claim to your own insurance company because there's nobody found. The outfall driver's not found. Nobody knows who they are, so that's an uninsured event. You present your uh, claim to your own insurance company for a UM claim for your damages, injuries, and losses, Right. And so they come up to a valuation. Maybe you don't agree with it. Maybe maybe you do agree with it. Let's say they come up with a valuation of $30,000 for you. 
do they have to pay it? In the past, they didn't pay it. They wouldn't pay it because they would hold back and leverage you and try to get you to resolve and settle all the case, the entire case, and not come after them anymore because they have a low ball valuation. So, Brad, let's talk about that example. $30,000, they value your UM case because you were in a hit and run. Uh, and then you say, okay, you, th- that's what you valued it. I, I, do, I don't agree, but pay me that much right now because that's what your value is. And they hate to do that. They don't want to do that. They want to work you. They want to lever you. Now, remember, this is the this is the the wonderful insurance company that you bought insurance from. Now, you have to buy insurance, so buy it and buy it a good good amount so you have good protection. This is a wonderful insurance company that tells you they're going to protect you. They're going to cover you. They spend all sorts of time and money advertising about how they're going to take care of you and how they cover the claims and how they uh, and how they they are so concerned about you. Well, when you get down to getting the money, you find a whole different side of the insurance company. And this side of the insurance company is one that says, we're not going to give you that money we know we owe you. Now, what, what we're going to find is trying to, uh, trying to uh, get the insurance company is like trying to swat a fly that's pretty fast and moves pretty good. Because what they're going to do is they're going to stop telling you and they try to stop telling you what they value the case at. But you need somebody who will demand. Tell us what the value of the case is. Get us the value. We need to know the value. What What do you value it at? What do you believe this case is worth? How much do you think our client is entitled to? And when they tell you, you know, then response should be, well, then pay that amount without making their own insured waive the right to the disputed parts of the case. Why are we? Why are you holding back what you know you owe me? So that you could, so why we fight over the disputed part. And Fisher, pretty simple, really very simple. And it's a very simple law, too, that says pay the undisputed portions. Pay, do not unreasonably delay or deny the amounts you know you owe your own insured. This is your own insured, folks. This is the person you entered into a contract with. This is the person that came to you and bought your insurance. Pay them what you know you owe them and fight over what you don't think you owe them. But don't, don't hold back on what you owe him so you can try and lever him, so you can try and work him into taking something less. So the Fisher case is very significant for you if you're an injured victim. You need to know about it. It's case law. So case law says it found the law the way it's always been. So if you have an injury pending, if you have a case pending, you can call us anytime, 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. All of our information is there. And by the way, there's a button right now that you can hit uh, right on the uh, homepage there when you first open up the website as to what you need to know before you ever talk to an insurance adjuster for the first call or before they call you. Right there, you can hit the button. But so Brad was right. Let's look at it another way. You have a claim. Let's take our hit and run example. You're hit and run. You don't know who the at-fault party is. They left. The police are looking for them. You have an uninsured motorist event right there. So, as to part one, one part of your claim, they agree they owe it. As to parts two, three, and four, the insurance company doesn't agree with you. They don't agree they owe anything. But why don't they pay you, pay you part one? If they pay part, you know, they say we owe, we, or yeah, all right, we agree we owe you part one in the amount of X dollars. But why don't they pay? Well, they ought to pay. Then the only reason they don't pay is because they think that's going to help them give you uh, or help them make you settle for less on the parts that are being objected to that are in contest 
because you're going to say, I can't hold out any longer. I need the money. Remember, you're working against multi-billion dollar companies, not multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies that, that can sit there with that money and not worry and not care. And you're sitting there, well, like I said, with your credit rating going to heck, you're, you're, watching, you're watching your ability to finance go, go bad. You're watching your doctors and your, milk and your care providers getting upset with you. You're feeling bad about everything that's going on. You're in a hole. You may, you're scrounging around looking for money wherever you can because you can't earn it because you're sitting at home hurt. You've got future injuries that you don't know how they're going to get taken care of. And the insurance company looks and goes, We're not going to give you what you're entitled to until you agree to give up on what we dispute, what we don't believe. Until you give up, agree to give up your whole claim and sign the release documents, and then we'll pay you the part that we that we do agree we owe you, and then we'll pay you maybe something parts on the other parts. But we're going to make you wait. We're going to delay you, and that's what the statute covers now. That's what this case law covers. They cannot do that. You need to know that. You can call us anytime at three zero three. 795-5900, 795-5900, 795-5900, where else can you get this information to help you as an injured victim? Where else can you get the books that we have? Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. Honey, the kids are going nuts. Everybody's stir-crazy. and My patience is running thin. It's almost lunchtime. Why don't we go to Caitlin's? Their food is amazing, and they have those awesome baskets filled with fun to keep the kids pacified and entertained. Oh, that sounds perfect. What is it you like to get there again? Ooh, for starters, I love their green chili and chicken nachos. Then, I usually get Moe's queso with the ground chuck patty, cheddar, and jack cheese. Diced onions, tomatoes, and green chilies between two warm flour tortillas. Served with the side of green or red chili. Yum! What about you? Well, I'm famished, so I think I'll get one of their 13 sandwiches. Hmm, maybe I'll get one of each. And I, and I love the way you can get their sandwiches made into wraps instead. Maybe one of their bacon green chili cheeseburgers or their salads. Or, Honey, rain it in. Kids, we're going to Caitlin's. Caitlin's Restaurant at the corner of Mississippi and South Birch Street, just east of Colorado Boulevard in Glendale. Open Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Caitlin's Restaurant. You'll love it every bite of the way. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Fasten your seatbelt. Here we go. The Champions of the People Injury Show, our website, championsofthepeople.com, for a reason. We have championed people's causes on injury claims for over 30 years. We have a great deal of experience, and we can put our experience to work for you. If you come to see us, we'll give you a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. And we trademark protected our concept of a free legal game plan. We wrote a book on it. It's called Legal Game Plan. You can have that book free at our website, championsofthepeople.com. If you want a hard copy, call our law firm at 303 795 5900 that's 795-5900 we'll send you a book free and if you have questions about insurance or insurance coverage you can call us don't forget we're the same attorneys that do the live uh, show on saturday morning on khow at seven o'clock in the morning it's a live call-in show where we answer people's questions on any legal subject as a community service to you 
And if we can't solve the problem, we get you somewhere that some attorney that can solve the problem. And no, we don't get paid to do that. We don't get paid. We don't have a paid referral system. The reason is we want to take care of you and we do take care of you, including right here, right now on this show with regard to case law developments for injured victims. May 29th, 2018. How long ago was that? May 29th, the Colorado Supreme Court decided the rooftop restoration versus American Family Insurance Company case. Think about the strategy these insurance companies go through to take their case all the way to the Colorado Supreme Court. It takes years. It's important to them. It should be important to you. They want this in their arsenal. They want this in their legal game plan to beat you and defeat you and mitigate your damages. The rooftop restoration case decided by the Colorado Supreme Court on May 29, 2018, helps the injured victim in, in various ways. And it talked about the, 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 the two time statutes. So let me set the framework and then Brad's going to reach into this decision. There's a statute in Colorado passed. It's, it's a recent vintage uh, passed that says if an insurance company unreasonably delays or unreasonably denies, which we've been talking about, your payment, then they can be held liable for two times the amount of the coverage. Listen to that. Two times the amount of the coverage plus costs plus attorney's fees. And so they didn't like the statute. And so they concocted an argument and all the defense lawyers concocted this argument that said it was a penalty. That's a penalty, they called it, because a penalty in Colorado has a shorter statute of limitations. If you sue on a penalty or claim under a penalty, you have a very short statute of limitations. Therefore, if you wait too long, then you bust to the statute of limitations. So, Brad, let's talk about the rooftop restoration case and this whole penalty attack. Well, and, and once again, it's the insurance company's attempt to, to avoid paying you. Now, this is once again a case where the insurance company is proceeding against its own insured and is giving its own insured the problems. This is American Family that was doing this and didn't want to have to pay for uh, delaying and denying and refusing to make payment of, of, of what was owed to people and was trying to cut back on this um, this uh, the, the effects of the statute. Now, our legislature came together and put together the statute saying, look, insurance company, pay them promptly. That, that's all. Pay them promptly in, in, within a reasonable length of time under the standards of the industry. And that's why, in, in a way, I didn't want to bring this case up to anybody because the, what worries me is, number one, people are going to think you can sit back and wait. Don't wait. If you're not getting paid by your own insurance company, if you have a claim with your own insurance company, you need to get to a lawyer. You need to get to a lawyer and, and get the process moving and get the matter established to where the insurance company has to start taking action. Because if you're waiting, the insurance company will say, we don't have a duty because you're not asking. The second thing is, is you, know, you need to have a lawyer involved and you need to have people involved to identify what within the standard of the insurance industry with a reasonably prudent person interpreting the contract is an appropriate time that the insurance company can spend before they pay you or what factors they can use to deny payment. So it's not, it, it's not that easy. So please don't wait. But this case talked about the fact that insurance companies believed and were successful in a lot of cases, Gary. They had a lot of district court judges agree with them. Correct. And they, they believed that what they could do is they could, uh, if, if, if they gave indications of bad faith, that they were acting in bad faith, or if you said bad faith, or if, they, if you said, hey, you're unreasonably delaying, they would hold that, that, that time that you said it 
and then they just wait. They'd stall for a year because if they could stall for one year, and a year can fly by when you're dealing with these type of things, if they could stall for a year, they'd say, now we don't have to worry about the bad faith statute anymore because it's gone past the statute of limitations. You're too late. Uh, We know that you have additional time to bring a lawsuit to get paid on your contract. We know that you have additional time to bring a lawsuit saying, wait a minute, I didn't get the money I'm supposed to, and you breached the contract, but you're too late to say we acted in bad faith, so now we've got you, and you're going to be too late. Now, this case that we're talking about happened to go um, in front of the rooftop case. It was over. It wasn't over somebody being hurt. It was over the fact that they weren't paying for damages to a roof. And believe me, this is a prime area where a lot of this problem comes up because they'll send out, the insurance company will send out their hand-picked adjusters, their hand-picked contractors who will say the damage to your roof is two dollars or $3,000 or $4,000. When you bring out an independent contractor, the contractor will say, wait a minute, the damage to this roof is seventy dollars or $80,000. And the insurance company just delays you and delays you and delays you to get you past that one year. And this case went to the federal district court. And the federal district court, because the federal district court cannot decide state law. It has to apply state law, but it can't decide what the state law will be. That's left up to our Colorado Supreme Court. So the federal district court then certified the question to the Colorado State Supreme Court, saying, Colorado Supreme Court, tell us, how long is the statute of limitations for this act of bad faith for this unreasonable delay in denial. How long is it, and and that we should apply that that before a party loses their right to bring a lawsuit? You know, to approach it another way, it's a two, we call it the two time statute because if they unreasonably delay or unreasonably deny your payment, your insurance payment. This case was about a roof. It can be about your injuries. It can be about UM cases, right? If they unreasonably delay or deny, and they're found guilty of that, then they can be liable to under the statute for two times the amount of the covered benefit plus costs plus, write this in your notes, attorney's fees, right? Two times the amount of the covered benefit. What do you think they feel about that? They don't like it. They don't like the statute. So they have this argument. They had this argument for a long time that, therefore, that's a penalty. Two times is a penalty. And so the, the question went to the Colorado Supreme Court, is that a penalty with a one-year statute of limitations or not a penalty? And it has a longer statute of limitations and lets the insured person, you, in this case, Mr. and Mrs. Chastain, against American family, okay, it gives you a longer period of time to make the claim for bad faith under the statute for two times the amount of the covered benefit. I know you're with me. I know you're with Brad, right? In your notes, the statute says they're responsible for two times the amount of the covered benefit if they unreasonably delay or unreasonably deny the payment. In the Chastain case, right, against American family, American family sent their adjuster out and he said uh, that there was about $1,000 of damage. And they disagreed. They sent a contractor out and they said the contractor said there was about $70,000 of damage, not 1000 So then American family upped their ante, up their adjuster's evaluation to three dollars to $4,000 and paid it to the Chastains less than $1,000 deductible, right? And so that whole case was about whether there was an unreasonable delay or denial of the payment, and they wanted the two times, the Chastains wanted the two, two times the amount of the covered benefit, but there was a question whether the statute of limitations had expired. So one more time, Brad, let's remind everybody, in this case, the Chastain case, the rooftop restoration case, 
that it's a and the Supreme Court held it was not a penalty and the longer statute of limitations applied. That's right. The Supreme Court held it's not a penalty and therefore a longer statute of limitations applied. You weren't barred after a year, which the insurance companies usually will try to de- to try to delay. They'll try to they'll try to accomplish it. Now, uh, it's like I said earlier that there's a number of times when when d- judges ruled and and dismissed people's statutory claim for these additional damages for the two-time statute that that happened before this case was appealed and decided or before this case went over for decision by the federal court. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's terrible to think those people who who lost on those situations uh, didn't have the opportunity to collect the money they should have been able to collect. Now we have the law, though. Now we know. And as, as Gary said, for everybody, this is a May 29 decision or this advance sheet came out on May 29th. So now we have the situation that if your insurance company is unduly delaying and denying you and, you know, it's been a year. Don't think you're out of luck. Get to your lawyer. Have your lawyer do some work on it. Have the, And for the lawyers out there that listen to our show, and I know some do listen to our show, uh, get on it. Get on it and, and, and proceed with your rights under the statute for the two times the covered benefit. It's your right to have that money. It's a form of determining what your damages are as a result of the delay and the denial. It allows you to collect that money, and the statute does not run as a, as a penalty. Think about this. Think about you filed a claim against your insurance company. They won't pay. They delay. They deny. Uh, and then finally, you go to a lawyer, right? Finally, you go to a lawyer and you file a lawsuit against the insurance company for the payment. You want your roof paid. You want your injuries paid. You want your medical bills paid. You file a lawsuit and they say to the district court judge, and some of them did rule in this way in this favor, in the favor of the insurance company. You say to the district court judge, uh, I have this claim. And the insurance company says, dismiss their case. Dismiss their case. Kick it out of court forever. Say goodbye. Gone. Because they waited for longer than one year. Because we, the insurance company, say this was a penalty, and it's a one-year statute of limitations. And you go, wait a minute, I didn't know that, we didn't know that. And so you lost your case, you got dismissed out of court, but now the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that's the law of the land in Colorado. It's not a penalty, it's not a one-year statute of limitations, and don't you think this would be information you and your attorney have to know? Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. This is your Legal Minute. We're talking about emergency room visits. We're talking about car crashes and your injuries. When you go to the emergency room, it's a traumatic event. You're probably not thinking clearly. You need to remember to try to tell the doctors all your legitimate symptoms that you're feeling. Many times, the symptoms get missed. They get missed in the ambulance ride. They get missed once you get to the emergency room. You don't remember to tell them about your ankle or your low back or your hip. They're concentrating on your neck. Maybe they're worried about your spinal cord. Maybe they're worried about a brain bleed. They're doing MRIs. They might do a CT scan. The insurance companies try to use these records against you when you're in your weakest moment. We can help you. Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com. Give us a call. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. It's Mandy Connell, and it's time for Your Legal Minute, brought to you by my friends at Bell & Pollock. Listen to their show right here on KOA every Saturday at 10 a.m. Hi, I'm Gary Bell with the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is Your Legal Minute. We're talking about legal game plans today. What difference does it make? Listen, you've been injured in a car crash. It's not an ordinary day or event for you, but it is for the insurance company. 
You need a legal game plan as to how the accident happened. What was the mechanism of injury? How did you get hurt? What body parts are hurt? Maybe it's the cervical part of your neck. Maybe it's the lumbar part of your spine, the low back. You need a legal game plan for the accident. You need a legal game plan for your damages, injuries, and losses and how to prove them to the insurance company for the at-fault party. If you don't, you're guessing. You wouldn't guess at a recipe. You wouldn't guess at a blueprint. You wouldn't guess at directions. You need a legal game plan. Bell and Pollock will give you one. Championsofthepeople.com. Bell and Pollock. Find them online at championsofthepeople.com. We're back with Champions of the People, the Bell and Pollock Injury Show. For over three decades, the personal injury attorneys at Bell and Pollock have provided compassionate, personalized legal service. Put their experience to work for you. Go to championsofthepeople.com or call 303-795-5900. Good morning. Welcome back. Fasten your seatbelt. Get your insurance policy out. Take down notes. Get your computer out, type in notes, get your pad out, write down notes. We're talking about technical case law today that helps injured victims. You need to know this law. Your attorney better know this law. And we've covered some very significant concepts today. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. You can get any of our books there for free. You can download any copy of any of our six books. One is called Legal Game Plan. You must have a strategy and legal game plan when you go against the insurance companies. You must have a strategy and a legal game plan when you've been injured. And today we're talking about case law developments, but you know that's part of your strategy. You know the insurance company has a strategy against you. They're not your friend. Remember, we've told you, they're your enemy. They may want to treat you friendly. The at-fault party insurance company may want to treat you friendly, may want to get some information and documents from you. And you can also go to our website, championsofthepeople.com, and listen to, there's a button right on the homepage. You can't miss it when you first open it up as to what you need to know before you make the first phone call to the adjuster after you've had an accident. We do cases statewide. We do workers' compensation cases. We do car accident cases. We've done uh, trials in the four corners of the state and in between. Over 30 years of experience, ready to help you. 303 795 5900 795-5900. Okay, we got another case. We're going to talk about the American Family case versus Bariga. May 29th, 2018. Colorado Supreme Court made a, made a monumental ruling in that case. How does that affect or impact or relate to injured victims' claims? These are case law. It's an ongoing concept. So your lawyer has to be up to date on the case law to help you navigate the insurance maze. Brad, let's talk about Bariga a minute. Well, Briga is another uh, step forward in in protecting people's rights and really applying the plain language of the statute, which, once again, we find the insurance companies. This one was also against American Family. We find the insurance companies taking all these efforts to get around the statute. You know, they, they sign a contract with you. They sign a contract with you saying, if you pay us these premiums and you pay them faithfully and you pay them on time and you then get hurt and you have to exercise your uninsured motorist, uninsured motorist claims, we will pay you for your injuries. That's what they sign a contract for. Then because of all the problems that come out, these statutes didn't just prop up because, you know, some legislator one day decided, I think I'll do the statute. Then because people have had so many problems getting the insurance companies to simply do what their contract says, that they had to, they had to pass laws. They had to pass laws saying, insurance company, don't unreasonably delay. 
Now, that, that should be a common, ordinary thing among co- businesses or among people doing contracts. Don't unreasonably deny. Don't do that. Just pay the people. But yet, insurance companies didn't want to listen to that. So they had to put some teeth in it. So then they say, well, if not, then we know people have injuries. We know people have losses when you don't pay. We know they go through stress. We know they go through emotional distress. But insurance companies sit back and go, what? let's see you try and prove that in a court of law. So, this, so the legislature says, to, to heck with that. What we're going to do is we're going to make a two times covered benefit that you're going to have to pay. Two times the covered benefit if you unreasonably delay and deny. Remember, before they can even have to pay the two times covered benefit to pay you for your injuries and losses that you've incurred because your own insurance company won't pay for, on the contract that you have with them, they have to be unreasonable. So they're unreasonable. But what they say is, is now let's try and pick apart the statute. We're going to try and beat up on the statute because we want to be unreasonable we don't want to have to pay for being unreasonable. So what do they do? They say, we're going to unreasonably delay. If now you sue us, let's say it's the $60,000 that we are unreasonably delaying paying you, and we're unreasonably denying at that moment, oh, you bring the lawsuit, or just before you bring the lawsuit, we happen to send you your $60,000. We've unreasonably delayed it. You've waited a year, year and a half to get your roof fixed or to get your medical bills paid. Then they look and they say, well, we unreasonably delayed, but you know what? We paid you, so that two-time statute, we should get credit for the money we paid you. We should get credit for paying you to begin with. Now, obviously, if unreasonably denied you, then, under the breach of contract claim, I'd be able to pick up for my client the 60000 and under the statute claim, I'd be able to pick up the two times. So, instead of $60,000, i would be able to pick up, uh, or $120,000, i would be able to get $180,000, the original amount plus the two-time statute. Right. You know, let's, let's look at it from another aspect of this also. We're going to use some numbers here that uh, we're not, not, not necessarily in the Bariga case, but follow the Bariga principles, okay? So you file a claim with the insurance company, and as Brad's example, they admit this, they, they owe 60000 but they won't pay you. So they don't pay the sixty grand. And as Brad just said, right before you file a lawsuit, a year and a half later, they decide to pay the sixty grand. So then you go to trial, and you prove they unreasonably delayed and denied your payment, right? And let's say your policy limits or uh, the damages are $100,000, so you get two times $100,000 or $200,000. So the insurance company said, well, okay, you got $200,000, but we want credit. We, 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 we delayed you $60,000 for a year and a half, but we finally paid you the $60,000. We want that subtracted from the two times the $200,000. So instead of owing you $200,000 more, we want $200,000 minus the $60,000 that we finally paid you. And the Colorado Supreme Court said that's not, that's not the way it works. You can't do that because there's nothing in the plain words of the statute that allows the insurance company to delay you and then take credit later against the two times award. This is very technical, but you have to know it, right? You can't do that. So it's an unreasonable delay and denial situation where they wanted to take credit, but the plain words of the statute didn't say that. Because what you have to figure is the two times amount is being paid for additional damages you've incurred as a result of the delay or the denial. It's not for the original underlying damages you've incurred that they should have paid on to begin with. So, but the insurance companies trying to avoid responsibility for what they've done, turn around, they go, wait a minute, we wanted to get credit for that money. Uh, well, the Supreme Court said no in the American Family versus Bariga case and, and made it clear that, look, when you unreasonably delay or deny, 
you have to pay the original amount plus you have to pay the additional two times that's awarded based on based on the additional damages that you have cost your own insured as the result of their not being able to be paid timely and, and, and go on with life on a timely basis. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900-795-5900. You know whose side we're on. We're on your side, the injured victim. We have over 30 years of experience each. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We are designed to help you and your family. It is geared towards you. That's why we have a legal game plan. Said before, if you have a legal game plan, you have to have a legal game plan as to the type of accident, right? Was it a rear end or was it a T-bone, a head-on? Is it going to have to be accident reconstructed? You need a legal game plan. If you're hit by a drunk driver, different game plan. If you're hit by a texting driver, different game plan. All for you. And injuries don't just affect you. They affect your loved ones, your family. The entire picture is involved. The entire family is involved. So you have to have a strategy, a game plan to defeat the strategy of the insurance companies. So now we're going to switch to the case of a state of Casper. Are you ready for this one? You ready? A Casper was a, was a person who sued the insurance company and got an award for bad faith, a jury verdict for bad faith and two times uh, and punitive damages and punitive damages. We haven't talked about that yet, but Casper did that. And then uh, a, a short time later, Casper died after the verdict came in. And so there was all kinds of arguments, but the insurance company in that case, right, Guarantee Trust Life, argued that since he died, since Casper died, then the verdict really wasn't the verdict because there's a new another statute called the survival statute. And so that statute has a limitation and cap on damages. And so that controls the two times, even though the jury awarded the two times. Are you with me? Casper won the trial, got the two times, got the bad faith, got punitive damages. Then they said he died and saw a survival statute, therefore limited and should be imposed upon this whole process. Now, in addition to the two time statute, which, you know, follows procedure, that's not a penalty. It's not it's not some kind of assessment. The two time statute was there. Punitive damages were awarded and punitive damages are awarded um, for the purposes of sanctioning the person who's acted inappropriately. For the person who has not done what they're supposed to do, a jury has to determine that they've acted in such a manner that they should be punished, that they should be held out as an example to others not to act that way. Well, what guarantee do? Guarantee had the punitive damages award against this, saying, guarantee you should have to pay this money because you, because you acted inappropriately and we need to punish you and we need to hold you out as an example. Guarantee turned around and said that because Casper died, we shouldn't have to pay the money because somehow Guarantee felt that they shouldn't be punished anymore because it, it was fortuitous in their favor that their own insured died between the time that the jury said you've acted inappropriately and you should be punished and between the time that the punishment actually occurred. You oh, know, well, the person we the person we did this to died, so we're off the hook. You never, as a jury, you never see this because you think you render a fair and impartial verdict. You put your numbers down in the verdict form. You leave the courtroom, and then the motions come, and then the argument comes. The jury verdict shouldn't stand by the insurance company. It shouldn't stand. It's not valid because of X, Y, Z. You never see that as the juror. You think in your heart you voted whatever you whatever your vote was. You believe that. You can call us anytime at three zero three seven nine five. 
5900. Today we cover significant case law developments, common law developments that impact injured victims' claims. We can help you. We have over 30 years of experience. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. Our phone number, 303-795-5900. Where are you going to find a law firm that gives you this information and cares about you? Championsofthepeople.com. That's where. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. We'll see you next week.